Hey, Malachi here, pastor and founder of Life's Word Ministries, along with my beautiful wife, Christine. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that what you hear will encourage, enlighten, and enrich your life. You know, it's our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live hope and change, to draw you closer to our Heavenly Father, as well as strengthen your walk with Christ, using the Word of God as our foundation. I can't thank you enough for listening and sharing our podcast with others. And now, here's today's message. Welcome to the show tonight. I know that many of you that are listening are probably experiencing some difficulties in life right now because of the COVID situation. But know and understand that God is yet in control, that God loves you, that God still wants the best for you that God is on your side. Continue to put your trust in him. Continue to hold on to your faith and know that this is a temporary situation. This is not going to last always. God is healing the land. God is healing our earth. And this is a process that we just have to endure. And so with that, in tonight's podcast, I want to ask you a question. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself during this time of setback? How do you see yourself in what you're dealing with? And we're going to go to Judges, the sixth chapter, 11 through 18. It reads as follows. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under an oak tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite. While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned and said to him, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, if now I find favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk to me. Do not depart from me here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. May God add a blessing to what you've heard in the reading. You know, if I were to ask each one of you that's listening to the sound of my voice, how do you see yourself right now, today? What would your answers be? But be very careful about what you say because our speech has consequences. So with that, do you see yourself as one that has great potential? Or do you see yourself as one that is hopeless 
and can't do anything right. I've heard a lot of parents talk to their kids, oh, you can't do anything right. You're always messing up. You're always doing this. You're always doing that. No encouragement whatsoever. And you know what? The Bible says that a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. And here's a scripture or a part of this verse that we tend to quote a lot. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 20 through 21. These two verses together illustrate the power of words. There's power in our words. What we say will often return to us in some way, either adding to our life or subtracting from our life. Are you adding to your life? Are you subtracting from your life? How about this? Are you adding to others life or are you subtracting from their life by what you say to them? I tend to believe that many of us have difficulty seeing ourselves through God's eyes. And why do I say that with such conviction? Well, theoretically, we might understand that God says the Lord has appeared of old to me. In other words, from afar, saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Jeremiah 31 and 3. But do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God has loved us with an everlasting love or with loving kindness? The word loving kindness. And here's a word that my daughters here really love to use. And that's literally. They always say literally. It's literally. But here. The word loving kindness literally means loyal love, the kind of love that never ends. You know, when I met my wife, there was a phrase that we adopted while we were dating, and it's one that we hold dear to us today, and that's a love story never ends. And this is why we can trust God in what he tells us. And one thing we really need to hold on to is that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And that's Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Do you have a true revelation that God is with you and no one can be against you? Paul wrote in Romans 8:31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? We have enough on our plates as it is today just being against ourselves. Self-talk can kill. And if you are not encouraging yourself, like David says, I have to encourage myself, then you're going to be easily swayed by negative self-talk. Truth be told, most of us see ourselves as ordinary, just ordinary people. Instead of victorious overcomers, I'm here to tell you and I'm here to remind you that you are more than just ordinary. You are indeed a peculiar people. I hope you understand that. But wait, where did we really get that word from? Peculiar. The phrase peculiar people, as it were, 
in 1 Peter 2 and 9 comes from the King James Version and is not seen in the more modern English translations. This is because at the time of the King James Version, when it was translated, the word peculiar was often used to refer to something belonging to someone, as in someone's property. Now, if we were to look up the word peculiar in a dictionary today, we would still find that it is one of several meanings. And the original meaning of the Greek words translated peculiar in 1 Peter 2.9 is indeed what it is meant to be in this passage. Peter is not saying that Christians are odd or unusual people, even though the world often looks at us in that way. And to be honest, there are some really odd Christians in the world. Have you seen them? Now, you might be one. But what this passage is communicating is that Christians or believers, followers of Christ, are people who belong to God. They are his possession. Another way of saying it is that believers are God's own special people. You are special. I don't care what people say about you. You're special. I don't care what people think of you. You are special. Now, comparing the different English translations of this verse is considering the alternative meaning of the word peculiar. It becomes clear that peculiar in this verse is referring to the fact that believers are special people because they were chosen from before the foundation of the earth to be God's own possession. Those who are born again are different from the world around them because they are being transformed by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Also, they are different because having been born again by the Spirit of God and believing in Christ for salvation, they have received the right to become children of God. John 1 and 12. While it is true that believers are different, and they should be different, it is the believers standing as the adopted children of God who are joint heirs with Christ Jesus and God's own special people that make us peculiar. Jesus said in Luke 4 and 18, this is a passage that we actually use in Life's Word ministry and have based our own calling on. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know, we have a tendency to set limits on what God can do for us and what God can do with us. We also have a tendency of killing our own goals and dreams by saying what we cannot do. How often have you told yourself, I can't do that? I'm not good enough for that. I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not rich enough. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. In other words, you won't because you've told yourself so. God is omnipotent, and we must stop living beneath the potential and privilege that our Heavenly Father has given us. The work of the kingdom is too important, 
and too many souls hanging a balance for us to limit God. So repeat this after me. All of you that are hearing the sound of my voice all around this globe, repeat this after me. I am a mighty warrior because the Lord is with me. Awesome. I thank you for that. Now, don't you feel better? This is just what Gideon needed to understand in our lesson tonight. God had a solution to Israel's Midianite oppression in the person of Gideon. One of the most unlikely people, now this was in his own eyes, to liberate the Israelites. Whether you are here in the States or in a small town off the grid in the Philippines, and I want to take a little short time here to shout out to Pastor Tom and my brothers and sisters in Christ in the Philippines. Greetings to you in the name of the Lord. God is alive and well right there in the Philippines. My mother-in-law is doing great work for Christ there in the Philippines. And I just want to say, you go, missionary Remy. She has found her life's purpose, and so should we. What's your life purpose? Are you following it? Are you living it? Okay, now let me give you the three key points in our lesson. Number one, don't shortchange God. That's coming from Judges 6, 11, and verse 13. Point number two is stop making excuses to God. And that comes from verses 12 and 13. And point number three is get up and get moving for God. And that's verses 16. All right. Point number one, don't shortchange God. In our verses here in 11 and 13, Gideon does not see himself as very important in God's eyes. Just like many of us today, when he is called to battle against the Midianites, he hesitates. He's unsure of himself. He makes excuses. Being that he comes from the small tribe of Manasseh and believes he's the weakest of his father's house, he has a very limited estimation of himself. And to add to that, he was fearful of how powerful the Midianites were. That's why he was already hiding out in the wine press. You know, we too have a very limited view of ourselves and we allow fear and intimidation to control us, especially when people we feel are more educated than us, have more money than us, or just think themselves better than. So rather than use our words to declare the truth, we become people pleasers with a go along to get along mentality. So in short, we shortchange ourselves and God because of wrong assessments of ourselves and abilities. We're better than that. When you look at yourself in your spiritual mirror, do you believe that God can use you as a mighty warrior and that you are an instrument for his divine purpose? Because that's what God sees when he looks at you. Whatever reason Gideon sought to hide out from the Midianites, one thing was absolutely clear. God's plan was to use this young man to bring victory 
to the Israelites. Can God use you to bring victory into your situation? Point number two, stop making excuses to God. Here in our story, Gideon is greeted by an angel in a very curious way. He says, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. The word valor gives us a picture of might, strength, power, influence, and wealth. The problem I see is that we visualize ourselves and all of our weakness through our own eyes instead of God's eyes. So rather than accepting that what the angel says is true, Gideon begins a litany of complaints. If the Lord is with us, where are the miracles? Where is God? Why are the Midianites here? Can you hear yourself in these complaints? If God is so good, if God is so loving, I've heard that a lot from people. But we need to be slow to point fingers at Gideon because we do the same thing. Instead of rejoicing because God is doing a new thing for us every single day, we often fall into a pity party. We complain and cry about what we think others are doing to us. We fall into a victim mentality. Oh, woe is me. They're all against me. We blame everybody else but ourselves. And we must stop looking at what has happened in our past or looking at the problems in our lives today or what might even happen in the future because we can't control the future. So we need to start looking at our circumstances through God's eyes. You have to remind yourself, and this is one that I stand on. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Philippians 4.13, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. Point number three, get up and get moving for God. Let me ask all of you a question. How much clearer did God need to make his assignment? He said, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. The young Gideon had a mission, and it was time for him to get up and get moving. Many of you have missions. It's time for you to get up and get moving. Stop making excuses. Many of you said, I need more time. I wish I can have more time. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. Okay, now that God has taken the excuses out from in front of you, what are you doing about it? God has given you a lot of free time right now. Are you reading more? Are you laying before him more? Are you seeking him more? Have you started that new book? Have you started that new business? You know, I recorded a three-part series podcast entitled, It's Time to Move. And I shared a lot of information about moving from where you are right now to where you desire to be in God. No matter the situation we are in or going through, the place we are at right now in our lives is due to an action we took 
that brought us here. And if we are to get up and get moving for God, then we too have to put all of our past fears and doubts on the table and one, identify them, say what they are, and two, face them head on. Gideon had to face his fears head on. But the wonderful thing about it all is that God said, and he's telling you, I am with you and he will be with you. That's a promise. When you have one of those spiritually high moments and you shout and tell God, God, use me. I want to be used by you. And then he responds in that same moment. Well, get up and get moving. Are you going to be like Gideon, hesitant and cautious? Or are you going to step out with bold faith and assurance to know that God is going to help you? God is going to see you through it. In our lesson, to be assured of God's favor, Gideon wanted to bring an offering before the angel. Gideon needed something tangible from the Lord. And because we serve a merciful God and one that is patient, God was willing to give Gideon what he needed to become an instrument of deliverance. Did you catch that? God will give you what you need to become an instrument of deliverance. Now, forgive my grammar here, but it ain't over until God says it's over. So you need to keep on reading, keep on seeking, keep on pressing, keep on interceding, keep on trusting, keep on trying, keep on living until your victory is won. God has the final say, y'all. So get up and get moving for God. There is so much work in the kingdom to be done. There's no time to be hesitant or uncertain of God's presence. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. If you step out in faith, you will see God miraculous provisions manifest in your life. You know, perhaps one of the most well-worn out phrases in our local churches is get someone else to do that job. I'm just not qualified. The problem with most of us is that we evaluate God's purposes and assignments through our eyes instead of God's eyes. We really need to recognize that his work is a divine and holy calling that he and he alone will complete. In closing, what God is looking for are faithful believers who understand that kingdom work can only be done through us, not by us. Oh, let me say that again. God is looking for faithful believers who understand that kingdom work can only be done through us, not by us. So let's be real. God already knows in and of ourselves. We are not qualified to work alongside him, but he empowers us to fulfill our destiny and purpose. But at the same time, those who think they are qualified on their own often take the glory for themselves. You ever see those people? The I did this person. Oh, look what I did. I'm the only one that can do that. Oh, it wasn't successful except for me. 
you know what? When we allow the Lord to work through us, we can only give the glory to him because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that all the victory was achieved by him alone. So the next time you are called on to do the kingdom work, see yourself through God's eyes, not your own eyes. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians 5:21. Gideon's story is really no different than Moses's story, Esther's story, Jeremiah's story, or our own story. Before these Old Testament heroes moved in faith, they focused more on their weaknesses than God's power. But let me help you here in saying that we should not be too quick to point fingers or assign them blame. Because if we are to be honest with ourselves, when God calls us to an important assignment, do you focus more on what you cannot do than what God can do through you? Do you concentrate more on the enemy than on God? Are you quick to give excuses about your shortcomings and life's problems instead of seeing yourself through God's eyes? Right now in 2020, God is still giving assignments to all who are willing to see themselves not through their own eyes, but through God's eyes. So how do you see yourself? Can God use you today? I want to give you an opportunity to see yourself through God's eyes. And if we were in church right now, this would be considered an altar call. And it is my desire for you to repent of your sins and accept Christ into your heart. Because I want you to live your life as God purposed so if you would, repeat this prayer after me. And please, mean what you say. Heavenly Father, I come to you admitting that I am a sinner in need of rescuing. I have been seeing myself through my own eyes. And right now, I choose to turn away from my sin and see myself through your eyes. I ask you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I desire to be set free right now, and I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I believe that your son, Christ Jesus, died on the cross to take away my sins. I also believe that he rose again from the dead so that I might be forgiven of my sins and made righteous through faith in him. I call upon the name of Christ Jesus and I confess him to be my Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, I choose to follow you and ask you to fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that you heard my prayer and I believe that you have forgiven me. I declare that right now I am a child of God 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me as declared in Galatians 2.20. I believe that I am free from sin and full of the righteousness of God. I now know that I am a new being and I believe that I'm saved in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed this prayer to receive Christ Jesus as your savior, I welcome you to the family of God. From this moment on, start learning how to live a life of faith by finding a good Holy Spirit-filled Bible-taught church so that you can grow in your faith as you walk the pathway to Christ. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write to me. Share your story of faith and let me know that you said yes to Jesus. You can email me at lifeswordministry at gmail.com. I would also like to take this time to thank those of you that partner with us by sharing a financial seed into this ministry regularly. We are a listener-supported podcast, and your generous giving allows us to share the gospel throughout the world. And if you're not a partner and you would like to sow into this ministry, you can do so by going to paypal.me forward slash ministry. And to receive a copy of my brand new book, Pathway to Christ, one, you can go to Amazon.com and purchase it there. And the great thing about that is you can actually get the book in different languages. Or if you would like a personally autographed copy, you can go to paypal.me forward slash Malachi 660 forward slash 20. And you'll be put on a list for me to autograph your book and we'll mail those books out to you and we'll even pay the shipping for you. And be sure to subscribe and follow us right here on Life's Word Podcast. How do you see yourself now? God loves you and I do too. Well, that concludes our podcast for today. I trust you were blessed and enjoyed what you heard. Be sure to tune in again right here on Life's Word Podcast.